everyone, and welcome to AmeriCrown Dreams, a podcast about the British royal family. I'm Caitlin. I'm Jenna. Good evening to you, Madam Caitlin. Good evening, Madam Jenna. I've never called you that before. Como estas? Uh, muy bien. Y tú? Ah, más o menos. I don't oh, speak Spanish, yeah. <laughs> so that's only my, of my limited repertoire. It was good. I'm, I'm still glad you still know it after all these years. Yeah, uh, I just picked up that. I know also, donde estas el sacapunta? And that's about it. So we can yeah. we can veer away from my poor Spanish skills. And, that's okay. <laughs> and say, welcome everyone back to our podcast. Uh, we yeah. took a little bit of a break. Unfortunately, some illness intervened. In our lives, yes. um, so we unfortunately had to take a an involuntary break, but we're back. Indeed. Yeah, and, and well, it's great. Exactly, and we're ready to talk about the royals. Indeed. So I think we'll just dive right in because there's a lot to talk about. Um, so I'll start as usual with the senior royals and um, kind of just touch on the highlights of what's happening with them. First, with the queen. As uh, many know, this last weekend was Easter, and so the Queen, as head of the Anglican Church, was out and about um, for various events related to that holiday. Notably for us Americans who don't, or I I don't know, does this exist in, like, maybe it's that just doesn't exist in Lutheran churches, but like Maundy like, Thursday, is that a thing in other churches? It's not really. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys have it in Lutheran service, but like Catholic, we have like Holy Thursday. It's supposed to be like the day that we, yeah, you celebrate the, the Last Supper oh, of right. Jesus Christ. I suppose. Disciples. Um, but yeah, it's not called Maundy Thursday. Okay. See, again, my Lutheran church was like, I mean, we obviously did like the Good Friday and then the Easter Sunday, but we didn't do much else. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. It's a a long weekend. It is. (laughs) Um, But in England, and what what happens is that the queen um, attends a church service for Maundy Thursday, um, a.k.a. the day before Good Friday, to commemorate the Last Supper of Jesus with his disciples. And as part of this, she distributes what's called Maundy money to the elderly. And it's um, kind of like... You know, back in the day, this made a lot more sense because it was charity to to the needy. Um, now it's like, I mean, you can't necessarily give like coins to people and have that be an actual help. If you're the queen, at least like the optics of that would be, you know, what can you really get for five pounds 50? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as part of this, to carry on the tradition, they uh, try to... Um, present people with commemorative coins instead. So this year, there was a, a five-pound uh, piece and a 50-pence coin. And they were presented to attendees in a, let's see, in two leather purses. <laughs> oh, let's see. Wait. Oh, a white one. Okay, yeah. sorry, I'm misreading this. A white, there's, you get two purses if you're attending this. One is a white one that contains uh, coins equal to the value of the same number of pence as the years of the monarch's age. So, you know, you get just under a pound. Again, that's not going to go that far as to actual alms for the poor. But you then also get a red purse containing these commemorative coins. So um, in modern times, the recipients are chosen uh, uh, in recognition of service that they give to their churches or their communities. And uh, they're, kind of selected based on the recommendation of local clergymen of various Christian denominations. So if your vicar really appreciates that amazing bunt cake you made for the bake sale that raised all that money, you might get invited to uh, Maundy Thursday. So this year, this uh, service took place at St. George's Chapel, which is the soon-to-be location of Harry and Meghan's wedding. And so it was kind of fun to see all the press photos um, showing that space decked out for a celebration. And it kind yeah. of gives you, you know, more of an understanding of the size of the place. Because I kind of picture it as a smaller church just because it's not Westminster Abbey. But the photos from the day show that it is quite large. And so mm-hmm. it's not like everyone will be crammed in come May 19th. 
No, they will. They will have plenty of space. They might be like, you know, seated next to like some sort of tomb, but they will have space. There's always tombs everywhere, though. I mean, like every like, I don't know. Some people's hearts are just like buried there randomly. Who knows? Gross. Medieval people, man. (laughs) Am I right? Right. Um, So then we'll talk a little bit more about the queen and what happened with her on the actual Easter service later in the news. But uh, for now, we'll move on to Prince Charles and Camilla. And in addition to their kind of typical um, events about town, the the big news with them is that they are now in Australia for the start of the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. So the time change is a little confusing. So we're recording this on April 3rd in the central time zone, which it's already April 4th in Australia. And so I was reading a bunch of news articles and they're like, they've arrived today. And all of the them were dated <laughs> April 4th. And I was like, what? Then I remembered. So um, they are arriving in Brisbane uh, for the start of their Australian tour. And the opening ceremony of the games will be tonight. So April 4th in Australia. And Charles is there to open the competition on behalf of the Queen. So uh, we'll hopefully get some photos of them. Um, out of Australia doing uh, fun Australian things like hugging a koala bear, right? I don't know. Yeah. I was say, that's that's all you do there, right? If just I was kidding. Camilla, I would just be like, please get me to the local wildlife as soon as possible. I know. Yeah. Can I please meet baby animals? Like, I would like to go see the pouch of a kangaroo. Marsupials, just in general. <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> nature is marvelous. Let's go. Indeed. So yeah, we'll we'll be seeing and hearing from them. I think as yeah. the weeks goes on, week go yeah, weeks go on. They are in Australia until April fourteenth, so ten day visit. And yeah. I believe this is Charles's sixteenth visit to Australia, officially at least. So welcome back to that continent, Charles. Indeed. No, that sounds really nice and warm because it's. I won't go into it, but it's cold here in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, but what's new? Uh, anyways, yeah, so uh, moving on to what Kate has been up to in the last two weeks or so. Um, on March 21st, uh, she uh, spearheaded a Royal Foundation Symposium on mental health, and uh, the topic was on early intervention for children and families. And uh, at the event, uh, she uh, met with uh, professionals from several areas of academics, psychology, and medicine, uh, and they were all kind of meeting to find a way to kind of work together and how they can use each of their expertise to, yeah, help with that early intervention for children and even, um, yeah, mothers who bef- pre and post baby uh, when they may need any help and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so she gave a speech at the event uh, highlighting the need for mental health intervention. Uh, and yeah. It was a pretty typical kind of roundtable event where she, you know, met with people, kind of listened to their roundtables and, uh, yeah, gave a speech. And uh, as a sign of spring, uh, Kate wore a mint green Jenny Packham coat and dress. And, uh, yeah, it was it had kind of like the little um, kind of bow tie on it. I don't even know. It's not it's not a pussy bow. It's like a it's just more of like a. Yeah, it's like flat, like yeah, a pussy bow like drapes, and this is right. more down. I know what you're talking about. It's, it's like more of like a cape, a cape tie than anything. Yeah, if that if that makes more sense. Um, and according to what Kate wore, that she thinks it was potentially a silk blend uh, coat because I was looking at it and I couldn't quite place what I thought it was. So I thought that was helpful. And then there was like a bunch of people talking about has Kate dyed her hair? It looks so much darker than usual. But um, I. I'm not really that convinced she would dye her hair at this point in her pregnancy. Um, I mean, then again, she has professionals, so she's probably okay. Yeah. And I mean, she could have possibly used something like a more natural, like henna treatment or something, something that's a little bit less fumey, so to speak. Yeah. Um, But, or it could just be that, I don't know, she got a new, um, new hair mask or something. It makes it look extra luminous. Indeed. Tell us your secrets, Kate. What hair mask did you use? I'll go to Sephora right now and get it. So you know how like people who work for the queen will like write a tell-all book? Yeah. And I don't really (laughs) care because it'll be like a nanny and I'm kind of like, I mean, I'm interested, obviously, but it's a little bit 
like, what what am I going to do with this information? I would right. kill to actually have like a a book written by people who handle Kate's beauty like treatments. That would be amazing. Like if Natasha Archer wrote something, I know she does more her clothes, but still if, that too. Or though, if like, like Nanny Maria is just like poking around, you know, Kensington Palace. Yeah, Nanny Maria, do you need some money? I'll give you twenty bucks if you tell me what her shampoo is. That's I can afford that, you know. Wouldn't that be sad if, like, in twenty years, Nanny Maria is publishing? A book I hope like, not. Like, and she better not be. That's what I mean. And but that's the thing. Like, there's the tell-all ones that are about like their personal business, which is mm. like how they are as people, which. Again, I'm interested in that, but it is a little bit like more. Mm. And yeah, I do just kind of want to know, like, what products do you use? Can you do your 24 hour like product diary? Can I yeah. get like photos? What's your retinol situation? I know you're pregnant now, mm-hmm. so you're probably not using it, but um, you could let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll have to see if yeah, someone ever gets a hold of everything. I know there are some things that we do know for sure that she's used just because like former hairstylists have said stuff, but not a ton is out there of her secrets. So who knows? Um, but what's not a secret is where Kate was on April 2nd. Uh, Cause uh, she was at her local weight rows in Norfolk. And uh, that was pretty exciting since we rarely get uh, yeah, kind of candid, uh, just natural Kate in her natural grocery shopping habitat i was to say her natural habitat the wild <laughs> the wild duchess of cambridge <laughs> spotted foraging at her Indeed. local weight rooms yeah um according to the daily mail the person who um where they they were the ones who kind of obtained the photos from a woman who was taking them because uh, she's obviously in the grocery store with her husband and she noticed she was like is that is that kate middleton and her husband was like no 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 way and then she got a little bit closer and was able to notice it was Kate, and uh, she was shopping. And apparently, according to this woman, uh, she bought something, a coriander plant, on sale. It might have been 25% off. So Good bargain. So, so uh, royals just like us. Yeah. Buying coriander plants, 25% off. And uh, yeah, she was with her protection officer. So the woman also got photos of her loading stuff into her car. And I was like, you got really close. <laughs> Even though this woman was, like, adamant that she was trying not to be intrusive. (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of funny. But, yeah, Kate was in an oldie coat that she's had since at least 2008. Um, It's, like, a dusty pink coat from Joseph. And uh, and she's also in a sweater and some some black jeans. And she last wore the coat itself in 2013 um, for a racing event at uh, Cheltenham. And so that was kind of the... Interesting way to know that she still keeps all these things all these years later. And uh, this one was, and then it was open enough so that she obviously had space for her bump. Right. So that's kind of because some people were even arguing online, like on the um, from Berkshire to Buckingham page, if it was actually Kate or not, if it was like just a lookalike or something. But yeah, it's like one of those things that um, like Wait Rose hired a Kate lookalike to like go shop. Right. But if they had, they would. She would have been wearing like a bodycon dress. It's like oh, they they sure. would have. You know, it's like the fake um, Harry and <laughs> Meghan that we talked about like right. several episodes ago. Yeah, and I would have been like, God, thank God, Kate's listening. She hears me. She knows. Exactly. Yeah. She's definitely <laughs> taking notes. She's taking diligently notes that, I, that I want her to wear bodycon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we will get to more Kate events in a little bit because we are gonna move on to. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a brief Prince William interlude. Um, in addition to some other events, uh, he was seen at this past couple weeks. My favorite Prince William event was that he got to present an MBE to a very special Briton. Sir Ringo Starr. Finally, Finally. Sir Ringo Starr. <laughs> I mean, poor Ringo. I I know. As a, a person who really, really likes the Beatles, I know. Um, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Ringo. Also, I loved the show Shining Time Station um, back in oh, the, yeah. when I was a little kid. And so it was just great to see him. And he got it, obviously, for his services to music. And so he was there um, 
with his sunglasses and his earring. And Prince William hit him with a sword. So, yeah, fun event. Um, congratulations to Mr. Star. We're glad that, you know, you finally joined the ranks of your bandmates. Well, right. Well, so I know obviously Paul McCartney has one. Does Lennon, is he, I don't think John Lennon. I don't think John Lennon it. ever got one, but of the people who kind of like lived, I don't think that he would have yeah. accepted it either. He kind of Probably. had a, <laughs> he had a contentious relationship with England towards yeah. the end. Well, with, where was what that? was it like imperialism and that kind of stuff? That and like the taxes and all that jazz. Like he moved to New York City, obviously, at right. the end of his life. And so, um, yeah. But... But that's exciting. So yeah, good for you, Ringo. Congrats, Ringo. Yes. (laughs) I was about to do a Liverpoolian accent, and then I was like, nope, throw the brakes on that. Don't. Don't record that. It's embarrassing. Um, But now that I've covered that important event, we can go back to you to talk about William and Kate's joint engagement. Yeah. uh, So this was... um, Kate's final engagement before her maternity leave and they did a few events to um, kind of gearing up for the uh, Commonwealth's head of government's meeting uh, that will take place April 16th through the 20th and uh, this will be the largest summit of kind of world of leaders from the Commonwealth to come to Britain in a really really long time and they'll just be discussing kind of the shared goals and vision for the Commonwealth and uh Obviously, Kate and William will probably not be having as big of a role as they would have had uh, baby number three not been on its way and hopefully will have been born by this time. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, But yeah, so Kate. So yeah, Kensington Palace confirmed this was Kate's last event um, before official event before maternity leave. And um, so they were at the Olympic Park for the first part of their day. And so they met uh, with some school children who were there to greet them. And then, uh, then they attended a sports aid event at the Olympic Park. And uh, sports aid is um, Kate is patron of, and uh, sports aid provides uh, financial support to athletes so they can pursue their dreams of competing in a variety of sports, including the Olympics, um, the Paralympics, yeah, the Commonwealth Games, anything like that. And uh, some really, actually, famous British Olympians are have uh, really benefited from receiving funding from sports aid, including. Uh, Jessica Ennis Hill, uh, Mo Farah, and Tom Daly. So I thought that was really cool uh, to see that these people are like, you know, really famous and they also benefited from this program since I imagine being a s- athlete is very expensive. Yeah, especially in these, I mean, in the types of sports that there aren't huge like opportunities to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. So I know like in even in America, there are a lot of people who do things like weightlifting and other Olympic sports, but they I mean, it's something that takes all of your time to train for. So you can't hold down like a regular nine to five job. And so then when it comes time to like pay your way or like have enough money to to live on while you're training and then pay your way to the Olympics, um, charities like this um, really help out and like fundraiser fundraising organizations and stuff like that. For sure. Um, but yeah, at the sports aid event, they uh, watched a wheelchair basketball game, and uh, yeah, William even played uh, a game as well, and Kate cheered him on. So that was fun to see. And then uh, from there, then they went and did. Uh, they sat down for some some pub trivia uh, for que- with questions concerning the Commonwealth Games. So uh, Kate and William weren't very good at it. I was gonna say, do we know who won? <laughs> Of the we two don't. of them? Ugh. No, it was... I don't think they actually played against each other. I think it was just a big room and, like, they just kind of joined some teams. Okay. For the questions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope that they maybe knew some, some of the questions. But I imagine that I would know none of the answers to these. So, oh, well. Um, so, yeah. So then they kind of... St- stayed for the trivia portion and then um, from there then they went to um, St. Luke's uh, Community Center in um, Islington, London um, for the Commonwealth Big Lunch and um, the Commonwealth Big Lunch is just a way people want or at least the government wants to help people celebrate the Commonwealth Summit um, by having just kind of community lunches where everyone in your community kind of gets together and you know celebrates what you have in common just like all the world leaders are gonna do at the summit where they're going to celebrate what they have in common and also have lunch uh, 
but um, who knows how much lunch, because I'll probably be having lunch and dinner and breakfast all together. Um, but yeah, St. Luke's uh, is just, yeah, it's kind of a community center and they host a variety of different um, events for people in the community and also anything you want to do. Um, but one interesting thing that they run at St. Luke's is the Central Street Cafe. And um, they make a ton of, they make quite a, a lot of money. All their profits go to delivering um, healthy, high quality meals to feed the el- elderly in their neighborhood. And so I thought that was kind of cool that they that's very cool support that. Yeah, that they're able to kind of make enough money to really help people in their neighborhood and especially the elderly who may not be able to help themselves do meals and um at least they and know that someone's going to come and f- help them f- eat every night and they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff yeah and check in so, on them and say hi especially if you're lonely you, you know have a friendly face to have a chat with and before you you tuck in for dinner exactly um, that's so, great yeah, so Kate and Will did a, a quick tour of the Central Street Cafe, and then um, then they headed up kind of to the big area for the con- – so they had a big Commonwealth lunch at St. Luke's, and uh, Kate and Will um, helped prep a little bit for that, and we learned a little bit about Will, that he likes curries, so – that sounds delicious and very hot. And uh, Kate mentioned that she has had George and Charlotte make pizza before, um, which sounds delicious and also messy. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, also fun. it <laughs> sounds really fun. And, you know, I, I'm glad that they're probably getting exposed to that important childhood meal of English muffin pizza. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's definitely how I first made pizza, which was just yeah. pretty much like my mom being like, here, put some cheese on this. No, not that much cheese um just just a little bit and then i was like okay (laughs) for kate's final event of her maternity wear uh she has you know loved on goat this entire maternity uh for her entire maternity line or wear excuse me um and so very fitting that she chose to end on goat uh she rewore her cream um red grave coat which is kind of that cream coat that she normally has worn with like a peter pan collar uh, which i actually thought was part of the coat so did I. I didn't really so, recognize this at first because it didn't yeah. have it, and I thought it was just a separate style. Yeah, but um, actually, it is not part of it, um, and so and we know that because she wore a she wore it open this time, and since she was wearing uh, pants this time, and then she wore um, Hobbs blue, uh, rosy top, which has got um, it's kind of navy, and then has like dainty white, blue, and green flowers on it, and as. So far, I haven't been able to, no one's really been able to ID her pants. So they might have been just the seraphine ones that she wore a couple weeks ago, but. I don't know. But I think she looked really good. I think I love so. seeing her in these more casual outfits because it's something kind of more along the lines of what I would wear during my day to day. And so I just really liked the top, especially. The pattern was great. Well, right. And I think it's, uh, especially since we obviously like what Kate wears. I mean, I love her dresses and her coats, dress coats and stuff. But like, personally, I can't really, like a dress coat for me to wear to work is just kind of weird and out of place. Well, you take it off right away. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I don't leave it on. So yeah, exactly. To see her wearing something that's like, oh, I could conceivably wear this outfit. Makes me, especially, you know, when I'm, like, thinking about, like, oh, I really like this. It's very similar to something Kate has worn. I'm like, okay, I can invest in this because I know I'll wear it a lot. Right. <laughs> or this is ridiculous. Caitlin, do not buy that $3,000 tartan coat. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> we have to try so hard to restrain ourselves, but. Right. Anyway. I, it's very easy for me to say no to the $3,000 coat. It's. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's like the. <laughs> Well, we'll get to it, but talking about um, Megan, she has oh, another handbag, yes. and it was like 175 pounds, and so that's not cheap, but it's not out totally out there. Right, especially if it's, it's a, a, it's a I, purses. It's a, I understand why purses are expensive now that I'm older. It's an investment you, piece. Yes. It's real Where, leather. It will last, and so that's the kind of danger zone you get into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yes. It, it was great oh. to see her out and about for their final um, joint engagement before the baby comes. Mm -hmm. But we did see them kind of shortly thereafter um, at the Easter services. And so obviously on uh, Sunday, the family got together. A lot of the family, not everyone, Meghan and Harry were not there. Uh, But the queen 
and Charles and Camilla and then some of the other. Um, so Anne and her husband were there. And then um, Princess uh, Eugenie was there with her fiance. And uh, Will and Kate eventually showed up. We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, I will mention that Prince Philip was not in attendance. And he normally is there, even though he retired from being a working royal last October. This is still the the kind of event we might expect to see him at. But it has been announced that he is going into the hospital for scheduled hip surgery. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully, you know, he's does well with that surgery and everything is um, OK. But it wasn't it was he was taking the day off for his health, but not because he was sick or anything just because he was resting to prepare for his surgery right um well we wish you the best and hope you have a successful surgery and recovery yes do that philip apparently they people (laughs) said oh don't be too concerned about his health he was driving around uh the windsor grounds in his carriage thing like that he does so again he was spotted so it was just probably you know getting prepared for this surgery yeah for sure (laughs) um I'm going to just briefly comment on Eugenie's outfit, which was a uh, a coat dress by Oscar de la Renta. And if you have not seen it, it's a it's a black dress, a, again coat dress type thing. You can't really tell what it is, um, with these amazing like paint color splashes at the bottom of the dress and kind of working their way up the skirt. And so it looks like somebody's just thrown blobs of brightly colored paint at this black fabric. And I absolutely adored this look. Um, I really think it suits her. And it was a really fun thing to see for an Easter service because it wasn't boring in the least. It wasn't a pastel, but it was still like cheerful and springy. And if I had $3,000, that's, I guess, what I would choose to buy this week. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't. So, um, We'll just have to see if there's any kind of replicate, but whatever you'd call that for Eugenie out there. Yeah. <laughs> Knockoff, I guess, is the real word. But <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we could get some paint and just kind of splatter it on a dress. Yeah, I'll go buy a neat. coat. Yeah. I'll just buy a coat and throw some paint in it. See, it would never look that good, <laughs> right. though. Right. It's, That's the problem. It's so artful. Some person right. with a like advanced degree in design came up with the arrangement of the paint splatters. Ugh. Sure but yeah. anyway, you, Super fun. you have to talk about this other point, which made yeah. me laugh because it was my exact thought. <laughs> well, when like first they showed like everyone like lined up and like, uh, you know, curtsying to the queen when she, you know, she arrived and they curtsied to her and then they followed her into church. And then Kate and Will showed up and people were like, wait, what? It's because Kate and Will were late to church dun, on dun, Easter. Dun. Yes. They were about 15 minutes late. The service like, had started already. Ah. No, apparently there was like traffic on the roads and they might have gotten caught up in that. Or you know what? They have two children and sometimes it's difficult to leave the house, especially on Easter when, you know, I'm sure George and Charlotte have already raided their Easter baskets. And yeah, they uh, probably had a lot of sugar already. Yeah. So th- apparently they were Will and Kate were staying with uh, Kate's parents. Um, and so they drove from their house over to Windsor for the service. And so, again, like that's not just a quick trip across right. town. It, it involved some planning. And we can uh, we didn't see George and Charlotte. Assumedly, they were hanging out with Grandma and Grandpa Middleton mm-hmm. and eating candy or whatever <laughs> all morning. <Yeah>. But <laughs> we're glad that Kate and Will did eventually make it, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they and, just were like, what can you do? Right. I mean, I think it's okay. I think they've been on time to many other events. It's okay to be a late occasional. Especially when you're like nine months pregnant. You get a little right. bit of a pass. She could just be yeah. like, I wasn't feeling well. And people would be like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but she looked great. Uh, Kate wa- wore her brown Catherine Walker coat, um, which she has tapped a few times and has worn um, at least... One other time, I know she wore it for the St. Patrick's Day um, uh, Shamrock event in 2015 when she was pregnant with Charlotte. And uh, she also wore the same hat, uh, the brown Lock and Company Betty Boop hat. 
and had a beautiful pearl brooch as well on it so and she looks super cute because her bump is so big now and i love it because now her coats are so much tighter and she looked amazing and that hat looks so much better with her hair down i've it's official for me you heard it here oh, first yeah. folks yeah it's a hair down hat i agree i i think she looked great for i mean she looked way better than i did um on easter so <laughs> me too and she's nine months pregnant so yeah. hey props to you indeed um, um, now you need to tell me about this next, uh, topic of discussion. Yeah. So we haven't had one of these in, in a while, but I am happy to report that, uh, we have Lupo Watch this Lupo week on Watch. our show. And don't worry guys, he's alive. I've been waiting and wondering where he is. Uh, he was actually spotted. I don't have any photos of him, but he was spotted. Um, so there was a person who was on the Windsor grounds and he was apparently just looking, I think he was like at the castle or something. And he looked out his window and he saw um, Kate, Will, George, and Charlotte all get out of a Land Rover. Because um, I think that they were staying at Windsor for some portion of the Easter celebration. And um, they, he saw them and he took a, couple, a few snaps of them. They're, they're really blurry pictures. You can see them on several kind of, um, you can check them out on like from Berkshire to Buckingham uh, Instagram or anything like that. Um, that's where I saw them. And uh, yeah, they, he also saw Lupo come out, get out of the car as well. So I'm happy to report that he was with the family for Easter and he was not left at Kensington or at Abner Hall for the celebration. Good for you, so, Lupo. I hope you yeah. got some Easter ham and enjoyed yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the photos were blurry, so we have no idea what people were wearing. Apparently... People were the Kate carried in Charlotte and they went about their merry day. So, um, yeah, so there's just those quick, candid snaps of them getting in and out of their car. But Lupo was there, so I'm very happy. Well, then we can move on to our discussion of Harry and Meghan. So, going back to March 23rd, uh, I know that's a while ago, but bear with us here. We want to talk about their visit to Northern Ireland. So on that morning, they flew in from London together. And this was their first visit to Northern Ireland as a couple. Um, Megan had been, or I can't remember if Megan had been there on her own before, but Harry certainly had. And so they had a pretty busy day. It's kind of similar to their other engagements as they kind of continue their tour of uh, Great Britain in the run-up to the wedding. So the first thing they did was they went to the uh, Icon Center in Lisburn uh, to attend an event to mark the second year of a peace-building initiative called Amazing the Space. And that is a an organization that um, gets local youth involved in peace-building in Northern Ireland. And so they um, watched a presentation and, and interacted with the kids and it looked like they had a very good um, meeting there. The next thing they did was went to the Crown Liquor Saloon. And just like it says, that is a, um, it's a, it's a historic pub and in Belfast. And it's one of the most historic buildings in the city. It's currently owned and operated, I believe, by the National Trust. And so... Um, they have preserved a whole bunch of the historic features. For example, it still has gas lighting. So like instead of electricity, like gas is pumped in and that's how the lamps work, which is crazy to me. And um, so while they were there, they chatted to the staff and the National Trust representatives about the history of the place. And Harry, always one to joke around, apparently entered and asked, are you guys open? We want food. And um, <laughs> Megan said, yeah, they had looked at the menu before. So they had a bite to eat uh, while there. But um, it looks like a really cool building. And if I'm ever visiting uh, Northern Ireland, I'll definitely check that place out because there's a lot of very um, pretty features and interesting architecture. Yeah, it looked really cool. So then the next thing they did was uh, do their typical walkabout on Great Victoria Street where they... Um, shook hands with the public and uh, there's quite a few different videos and, and photos snapped of Harry and Meghan talking to the crowd. Um, so check those out if you're interested. 
And they ended up at the Belfast campus of Northern Ireland's uh, Next Gen Science Park at a place called Catalyst Inc. And this was uh, an event where they met young leaders and entrepreneurs. And they were looking at various um, pieces of technology and inventions. And the most remarkable part of this visit was that there's a <laughs> section where there's a bunch of baby equipment. Um, and Megan commented, oh, at one point, we will need all the whole thing in talking about all this baby equipment. And so it seems, you know, straight from the horse's mouth that kids are definitely on the horizon for them. So yay. <laughs> and hopefully they'll send her a nice like prize pack if she if and when she announces her pregnancy. Oh, I bet so. Yeah. So um, the final visit was <laughs> at a uh, museum that is dedicated to the Titanic. I think the museum's called Titanic Belfast. I don't, I'm not sure though. But it is a museum that tells the story of the ship from her conception um, through her con- uh, construction and all the way to the sinking of the ship and kind of its legacy. Uh, so there's a lot of different photos from there. They got presented with a model of the Titanic. They got to learn about the uh, people who worked to build it in Belfast. Um, and then also, obviously, about, you know, the people who were on board the ship when it fatefully went down. And I am... Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, with Leo DiCaprio. And I'm hoping that they... Do you think... How much would you bet that Harry at one point yelled, I'm king of the world? Oh, do you think that... I, I mean, like, the over-under on that is... I'm going to say I, it's 100%. I'm going to say, yeah, for sure. <laughs> if anything, he at least whispered it. He at least whispered it to her, and then she w- yeah. rolled her eyes heartily at him. Because, like, I feel like if he would have really yelled it, people would have been like... The newspapers would have been like, Harry can't wait to usurp William and become king. Right. <laughs> Nonsense like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But I was also just, like, scanning the pictures, like, hey, do they have any of those, like, Model T cars? You, you know that we're on? <laughs> right. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, oh, yeah, that's in the movie. But I'm like, but wait. I know where Jenna's going with this. Okay, so uh, for her outfit, first of all, for the outdoor, I, I think she wore the coat the whole time, but she was wearing a tan Mackage My Coat, which I loved. Mm-hmm. It was drapey and structural and all the great things. Um, under- so warm. So warm looking, but like it was perfect. Um, underneath that, she was wearing a white Victoria Beckham cashmere sweater. And then she was wearing a green Greta Constantine case skirt. So it was kind of a little bit longer than knee length skirt with a kind of peplum or like a kick kick pleat out at the at the bottom of it. And it was really a beautiful color and went really well with the kind of neutral tones of her top Mm -hmm. and coat. Then, as I mentioned, she had a delightful handbag, uh, which is the Charlotte Elizabeth Elizabeth Bloomsbury bag. And it is a kind of honey brown color. And the company that makes the bag is supported by the Prince's Trust. So it's got a good connection to the royal family there. And it's dedicated to making leather goods in England or something like that. Uh, And then she topped off the uh, outfit with some burnt orange velvet pumps by Jimmy Jew, which tied the whole thing together very nicely, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, those shoes were so unexpected, but I really liked them. The whole picture, yeah, the whole outfit together was just, like, A+. plus. It was not expect. It wasn't, um, it was, like, fashion forward, but still being, like, classic. There were some just interesting pieces here and there. So. for sure. Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, And then I'll just briefly mention that there are some upcoming events on the calendar uh, for these two. Um, First, this Friday, April 6th, they will be attending the UK team trials for the Invictus Games, Sydney 2018. So they will be in Bath for that. Um, the time tri- team trials are taking place at the University of Bath. And so we will get to see photos of them um, observing those tryouts. Then the next thing is a little bit more of a rumor at this point, but several sources have reported that Harry and Meghan will be taking a trip to Ireland uh, in the weeks after their wedding. And so that will be um, something to 
to look out for if it does in fact happen. And I'm sure they'll get to go to a lot of beautiful and scenic locations and maybe tour the Guinness factory. Who knows? I feel like it's a requirement. It is. You get a free pint. I mean, it's not free because you paid for the museum, but it's pretty. And they've got a like 360 panorama of Dublin. Okay, so then now that we've talked about what uh, they're kind of non-wedding related things, we've got a bunch of wedding news to go over. Indeed. This is so great. Oh, my gosh. I love how they're sharing. (laughs) They are sharing. They're being so like I'm again hearkening back to like Will and Kate's day. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. It might be like that I didn't have a smartphone yet because I didn't. I was in college. I didn't have like the ability to track obsessively. Like there was no Instagram for me. Um, But they definitely didn't like announce the vendors. No. And so it's a little unusual. I think it makes a lot of sense for like Harry and Meghan though, because I feel like um, especially for Meghan, she's very intentional. Agreed. And so, like, as you'll as we'll see is when we're, you know, when we talk about who designed, who's making her cake and who's doing her flowers, there's a particular reason she really wanted to share why they were chosen. It's because they have, you know, shared values and they they run their businesses certain ways and whatnot. Um, So, for example, like the cake we had talked about, you know, were they going to have a banana cake or not? No, they're not having a banana cake. I'm still going to have something at our party. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, Dole already offered to make them a cake, so I'm maybe sure we should a little bummed. try to steal it in transit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we will eat the cake that was meant for Megan and Harry Dole. If you're listening, um, but yeah, so they announced that um, Claire and I'm going to say her name is Tack or Patak. Patak. I'm yeah, not sure. Tack. I'm like, is this peace silent? A Violet Bakery in London. Um, she will not be making a banana cake, but a lemon elderflower cake. With buttercream frosting and fresh flowers. And Claire is an American. She's originally from California. So just like Megan. And when she, so they shared on their Instagram, Violet Bakery shared um, as well that they had received, you know, the the go ahead to, you know, make the cake. Um, that she and Megan shared the same values regarding food provenance, seasonality, and of course, flavor. And Megan had interviewed Claire originally for her lifestyle blog, The Tig. So she obviously already had that connection and knew that, especially that they had a lot in common. And if they care about, you know, sustainability and, you know, kind of where your food comes from and all that, it it would make sense that this would be someone Megan would want to work with. Yeah, very. It sounds really good. Yeah. And it, it I mean, like elderflower, that just mm, that sounds so springy and. What we'll do instead of, um, we'll have a banana cake, but we can make uh, Saint-Germain cocktails. Because I know you have that that. bottle of Saint-Germain in your basement. I do. I got to crack that open. And so I'll, yeah, I'll I'll make us something based on their cake flavors. Perfect. I looked at their Instagram, the Violet Bakery, and yeah, their cakes look stunning and gorgeous. So I'm really excited to see how big this cake is going to be. If it's going to be a big cake or if they're going to do like a small cake and then, you know, still serve it differently. Yeah, I think it'll be great. And we'll obviously see it (laughs) soon. Yay. So um, the other thing we've seen is that the invitations have gone out. Yay. And these are. Did you get yours? uh, No, unfortunately. I think it got (laughs) lost in the mail. Oh, it must have. You know, I've just really, I I keep obsessively checking my mailbox. Yeah. But just like my Hogwarts letter, it's lost. Yeah. The owl is still flying somewhere around. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh but um, these are kind of more traditional. And so they, they're kind of they're following the same format that they did for Will and Kate's wedding. And it is, uh, you know, on like beautiful paper, hand calligraphy. And it's um, an invitation on behalf of the Prince of Wales inviting guests to the um, wedding ceremony, which is in the service at St. George's Chapel, followed by a lunchtime reception at St. George's Hall. And so kind of what we expected and and what we know is that they will be doing kind of a two-part day. The first one will be the um, wedding, the the church wedding and the lunchtime reception, which falls in line more with the traditional British royal way of doing things. And then in the evening, following in Will and Kate's footsteps, they will be having their own kind of more modernly traditional wedding reception with their family and friends and presumably um craig david 
singing fill me oh, in thank god the ultimate love song yeah so <laughs> so um again these were the the more formal invites that went out to i'm assuming like various dignitaries and fourth cousins the people who are you know you you invite to the ceremonial part of it but you might not invite to the more party party yeah hopefully the obamas are to both yeah for sure um then the next thing that was announced is that because harry has such a close um, relationship with the armed forces in england the he is making sure that several um armed forces units will play a role in his wedding day and so according to kensington palace the ministry of defense confirmed that um armed forces units with a special connection to prince harry will be there for ceremonial support. Um, so specifically, um, it's it's different uh, units that Harry is either like the ceremonial head of or who he served with and, and all that. And they will be doing um, just kind of like not pro- not providing like actual security, but like, you know how at uh, military weddings in the United States, they'll have like, for like marines weddings they'll have like people with swords and they'll cross their swords and then the bride and groom walk under that or something i don't know something probably along those lines where they'll be there looking great in uniform and having a good time yeah that's what i imagined as well i was like and that's always like an amazing beautiful shot so it I is it'll... um yeah so then why then we got the final thing we'll talk about is the flowers Yes. So um, once again, Harry and Meghan chose to share on the Kensington um, Palace Instagram that they had chosen their florist. Uh, Her name is uh, Philippa Craddock, and um, she owns her own um, florist shop. And yeah, she will be using a ton of flowers from the Crown Estate and Windsor Great Park, a bunch of seasonal items. I'm going to read off what they said on the Instagram post. It was uh, branches of beech, birch, and hornbeam as well as white garden roses, peonies, and foxglove. Um, and foxglove is like those little, like, kind of bells, like purple yes. kind of bell things. And I had to look that up because I was like, what are these ones? If that was helpful. Yeah, I feel like there's another name for them, but I, I know what you're talking about. Because they look more like bells than anything. So I was like, little foxes? But I don't know. They were purple. No, they're gloves um, for foxes, Caitlin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the, the design will reflect the wild and natural landscape from which many of the plants will be drawn. And the Royal Parks will also supply pollinator-friendly plants from their wildflower meadows. And uh, this will be great for the bees since pesticides and all of that. But yeah, uh, Philippa, she has not only her own shop, but she also has a flower shop in Selfridges. So, and that's really cool. It is. And yeah, and she's been doing this for about nine years. And I was looking at her website and she's actually not, she never, she didn't really start as, she's a self-taught florist, which I think is really cool that she just kind of was like, I'm going to try this. And then it like became her career because she had like worked in like marketing and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, she has a pretty hefty list of clients, including, yeah, she's done stuff for Kensington Palace, um, Hampton Court Palace, Alexander McQueen and Christian Dior. So, I mean, she's had some really big names. She obviously has a very artistic <laughs> eye. So I look forward to seeing what she does. And these are the flowers, uh, yeah, that it are going to be in the church. So these are the ones that we will get to see. Yes. We don't know if we'll get a leaked photo all of Pippa's wedding where the florist that does whatever their reception um, yeah. decor ruins everything and right. tweets it out. But <laughs> this is stuff we'll definitely get to see on For sure. the telecast. Yeah, so I mean, just from the description, it sounds gorgeous and beautiful, and yeah, I can't wait to see it. And um, oh, I love garden roses and peonies and all branches. So yeah, it it seems like it'll be a very similar kind of aesthetic compared when you compare it with like with Kate when she did like all of the trees like going down the aisle at like Westminster Abbey, kind of yeah, bringing kind of the outdoors in. I'm sounds like very excited. Yes. So oh, it's going to be great. So, yeah. So I, I was trying to think about like what else they might they might announce. And I'm not sure if there's. So, I mean, I think they're keeping the dress the... a secret for sure. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. everything that everything that's like they might announce like what uniform Harry will be wearing, but they would announce that like the mm-hmm. day before or something. I don't really know. Yeah. 
Yeah, that might. I mean, I don't think they'll talk about food, but maybe they will. Because I mean, they. Yeah, I, I could see them definitely talking about like the food that'll be served. Like, I mean, there'll be hors d'oeuvres prepared by, you know, blah, blah or whatever. So we'll see. I wonder if they'll serve that the wine that like the Tig is named after. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe. Well, I'll have to. What is that? I don't know. I'll track it down and I'll also bring that to the party. We're going to have a fun time. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I can't wait. We got I'm another so wedding to go to that day. Woo. We do. All right. We're going to be partying all day. It's gonna yeah. Be, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> we'll nap and rally. Don't worry. Indeed. Um. So finally, to close out our news update, uh, we come back to our newest favorite segment, Fergie's Photos. Um, not much really happening in Fergie's world. Uh, n- not too much philosophical musings happening, but she did um, post a photo that she clearly like took herself. The flash is really off. Um, congratulating her former husband, Prince Andrew, on becoming the new uh, colonel of the Grenadier Guards which is something that happened uh, in the last few weeks. And then uh, March 23rd, it marked Princess Eugenie's birthday. And so like any mother with social media, she had to post a couple embarrassing photos and captions to commemorate the day. One of them says, happy birthday, my Yuji. And it's a weird deflated elephant balloon. And then another one, I, I don't, it's got a longer caption, but I just wanted to flag that it calls her Yuji Boogie, which is apparently must be her nickname or something. I don't know. But it's another great look into the mind of Fergie. And I think we can leave that there. So that's been our episode focused on the news for this week. And um, as always, please let us know if you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to discuss or if you have any comments. If we got something blatantly wrong, um, get in touch with us. We're you know, we're trying our best to do research, but obviously we can't keep everything in our heads. Um, and so we sometimes misspeak or get something completely flat out wrong. So let us know if that's the case. You can reach us at americrowndreams at gmail.com. We're also available on Facebook and Instagram at americrowndreams and on Twitter at americrowndream. So yeah, get in touch. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to us uh, at Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We, um, you'll really appreciate the feedback and like hearing from all of our listeners. That we do, that we do. All right, well, we will uh, hopefully be in touch soon with uh, some more royal news, maybe a royal baby, who knows? Maybe a royal baby. Yeah, Um, but until then, bye. Bye. Bye.